Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. He always got straight A's, but his report card said he talked too much. This is The Roy Green Show. For us, this campaign is about change for the better. It's about a future in Ontario uh, where people can start building a better life again. And, and that's going to remain the focus of, uh, of me uh, as the leader. It's going to remain the focus of my candidates in the ridings. People want change. And if you thought the Liberals were bad, an NDP government would be 10 times worse. Here in Ontario, we live in the very best place in the world. I love this province, I love its people, and even if I won't be leading this province as Premier, I care deeply about how it will be led. That's, that's a concession speech before the election. A concession speech before the election. Or it's the last desperate ploy to try to get votes. Now, I had an opportunity earlier in the show, not, not everybody heard this, but I had the chance to speak with Daryl Bricker of Ipsos Polling, the CEO of Ipsos Polling, about this uh, statement by Kathleen Wynne that she knows they're not going to win, the liberals are not going to be victorious, and uh, what's likely going to happen. I want you to listen to just about a minute, a minute and a half of uh, how my conversation with the CEO of Ipsos polling went. Was it internal polling that no doubt suggested to the Premier that she wasn't going to win? Oh, probably. I mean, but there's been enough pu- public polling that, that there's there's been no poll that shows the Liberals have had a had a chance since the, the start of the campaign. So really, you know, is, is anybody who's uh, thinking about voting Liberal or members of the Liberal caucus or their, or their candidates all over mm-hmm. the province, uh, you know, thinking that they really did have a ghost of a chance? Well, not really. Mm. But to hear the Premier say it, uh, that's, that's quite unusual. It is. I was trying to think if I've ever heard an incumbent Premier or Prime Minister say days, just days before the election, I am not going to win, I don't have a real chance, uh, but to vote, vote in enough of my, uh, of my caucus members so that we have some sort of presence and the other parties don't have a majority. I don't think I've ever heard that before. Oh, there probably is somebody that's done it, but I can't remember either. I was uh, searching my uh, my uh, index in my brain, and I, c- I couldn't find out, uh, think of anybody who's done that before. It's a, it's a pretty desperate move. Yeah. So where do we stand today? If the election were held today, where who would form the government? Well, you know, we've been saying for quite some time now that, you know, even though the NDP has been ha- had surged a bit over the space of the last uh, couple of weeks, that the way their vote had, has distributed around the province and the intensity of the support that they have from the people who are voting for them probably gave an advantage to the progressive conservatives. So even though the numbers look fairly close uh, in terms of where the liberal or where the NDP and the conservatives are, uh, the, the conservatives have an advantage. Now, is it enough to get them a majority government? That's the part we don't know and will become clearer as we go through the, the course of this week, but it looks like it's advantage conservatives. So there's a bit of the interview with uh, Daryl Bricker, almost a Doug Ford, with Daryl Bricker, the CEO of Ipsos. Let's talk to... Are you there? Oh, Catherine Swift, workingcanadians.ca, formerly the CEO of Canadian Federation of Independent Business, 
Hello, Catherine. Hi, Roy. Linda Leatherdale, the former money editor of the Toronto Sun. Hi, Linda. Hello, Roy. And she sat beside Justin Trudeau day after glorious day. Michelle Simpson, the former Liberal Member of Parliament and seatmate to the Prime Minister of Canada. Hi, Michelle. Hello, Roy. So here we are. We have a concession speech before the election, which is kind of different. Although we've had uh, premiers and prime ministers quit before their term was through. That's happened fairly regularly. But this is a, this is a new one. And uh, like your thoughts on it, let's start with a politician or a former politician. <laughs> what do you Thank make you. of this, Thank Michelle? You for correcting yourself. <laughs> what do you make of this? Well, she, without looking like an idiot, that was the only thing she could say. You know, because nobody believes. You know, if you believe the polls, um, they could be reduced. The liberals to as few as two seats and as many as seven, but they still lose party status. So she, there wasn't really much she could do except that. And uh, we went to the advanced polls, and for the first time my husband had to admit that he didn't vote liberal for the first time in decades. Wow. But not NDP. That gives it away. That does get well it, by the process. He green. By he the process of he yeah. wouldn't. He, wouldn't he, re, he remembers the raid days, and he said, the first time I got a bonus, they took 56% and left me with 44%. Do you know what I remember? Linda Leatherdale and I were talking on the air after Floyd Logren. Linda called him Pink Floyd Logren <laughs> when he was the finance minister for Ontario under the Bob Ray regime. Yeah. And uh, and Linda, remember when 64, I think it was $64,000, was the wealth threshold where a surtax kicked in? Yes. Yep. Yes. Unbelievable, Roy. And Catherine, you were with me. We we held a tax revolt yep. on the grounds of Queen's Park. Uh, it was ridiculous what was on, Ontario was going through. And uh, I hope people remember and have long memories from that because we lost our AAA credit rating. It went down, down, down. They tried to spend their way out of recession. That didn't work. And we all know what it costs, the action. And it costs. It costs all Canadians at at the end of the day. Catherine, uh, there's always the danger when you talk about a provincial election in Canada that you're going to alienate a significant number of people because... We're such a regional country. What happens in Ontario doesn't necessarily turn the crank of people who are a couple of thousand miles away. They'll pay attention to headlines, but they don't necessarily follow. Much as we do the same, can be accused of the same thing, perhaps if it's not in it's, it's the NIMBY situation. But well, this one, but this, is, but, but this I election mean, had this election had had a soap opera feel to it from yeah. the very from the from the from the you know the failure of Patrick Brown on forward. Oh yeah, it's been drama city, no question about it. And now we've got this. Incredibly, you know, unusual step of a of a, a sitting premier days away from an election, um, uh, you know, basically resigning, which is bizarre. And I know for a fact, months ago, a lot, number of her conservative colleagues wanted her to do it a few months ago, <laughs> and she stubbornly, she's a very stubborn woman. When uh, she hung in there, uh, still thinking, you know, miracles could happen. And so I'm sure there's a lot of people within the Liberal Party that are pretty teed off at her right now, but. 
listening to her statement, you know, and also that, that the, the quote, the notion of the whole country should matter. You know, yeah, they don't have to care about Ontario per se, but when Ontario, the largest province in the country, is a drag on things like transfer payments from other provinces, you got to care because we are all intertwined, like it or not. We're very intertwined financially and, of course, in other ways. So, I mean, if Ontario, for example, could get back on its feet, become a have province, not a have not province, it would be contributing to the rest of the country, which should, you know, which should matter to everyone. But the thing that killed me about Wynne's statement, which was total malarkey, was she said, well, Ontarians don't want a majority government. That's total baloney, total baloney. Uh, Ontarians do want a majority government, so she's, even on her way out, she's trying to spin things. She's trying to say, okay, you know, vote for Liberals because they'll deny the majority you don't want, either the NDP or the Conservatives to have, and, and again, that's that's totally not true from that all was, the information. That I was think. one of the first things that Daryl Bricker said yeah. in my yeah. conversation with him, that yeah, Ontarians want a majority government. This, this There's no doubt about that. That's what they want. And it's interesting, uh, I asked the question about a month, month, two months ago, is Ontario, do you think Ontario is a drag on the rest of Canada? Well, the phone lines exploded. Yeah, and yeah. the majority opinion right across the country was yes, unfortunately. And Ontario right. is a drag, even and, and, and more so than Quebec, because Quebec is, is now a half province. You know what's or scary? close to a half province. You know what's scary? They're getting there. Is if, you know, the NDP gets elected, um, as you know, the, you know, Horvath is premier. We've got the three economic drivers, like BC, Alberta, and Ontario, under NDP rule, and that scares me. Yeah, no, very true, Michelle. Well, I'm going to move to New Mexico. <laughs> I'm coming with you. I'm moving to New Mexico. Pack me in your bag. What's that? What's Pack that? me in your Pack bag. Your bag. Well, what gets me about the, the tie-in to the pipeline story this week is that a lot of the people that are protesting that pipeline and, and will continue to protest it, by the way, whether the government owns it or, you know, or Kendra Morgan owns it or whatever, but a lot of those people are the people that are actually running for office in Ontario for the NDP right now. And I'm thinking, ooh, that's really the kind of government we want, you know, obstructing anything that could create some prosperity. And, 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 right. and no, I don't remember when I was last arrested by the police. Yeah. Let, me, let, me take a, <laughs> let me take a quick break. We'll come back and we'll talk about that pipeline situation and about the tariffs on Canadian steel and aluminum uh, decided on by the United States administration. Or, as people say, by Donald Trump. We will come back with Catherine Swift, WorkingCanadians.ca, Linda Leatherdale, Vice President of Cambria, Canada, and Michelle Simpson. You'll find Michelle on uh, Twitter, at Michelle Simpson. And Linda Leatherdale is at L... I'm going to do it again. L. Etherdale. No, L. Leatherdale. Anyhow, we're back with the beauties in just a minute. He doesn't like bullies, and he'll call them out. This, this is The Roy Green Show. The project that is in the national interest and the jobs that will be assured and defended through this project uh, are an integral part of our plan to fight climate change and grow the economy for future generations. There's the Prime Minister of Canada. The Prime Minister of Canada. Uh, we know that in the uh, household of Michelle Simpson, that her husband, 
by deductive reasoning, we figured out that he voted progressive conservative in Ontario. Now I have to ask you, will you tell us how you're going to vote? Or is that an unfair question? No, same way. Because I went to the advanced polls. Because on E-Day, um, I, I'm otherwise um, occupied. So I thought, I want to get it. I was really hard-pressed, but I looked beyond the leaders. I did what you said, Roy, and I looked at who was running in my riding. Right. I looked at the individual. Yeah. So, and you voted progressive conservative. <sighs> you voted for Doug Ford. Swallow <laughs> hard. No, uh, that's not fair. You know, I shouldn't do that to you. I should not I do that to you. I can't stand him. I'm I know, sorry. I know. I know. I know. I shouldn't do that. I, I apologize. No, that's okay. But it was hard. I'm sure it was, Linda. I want to ask you for your thoughts and uh, on on the pipeline situation with the federal government. Mr. Trudeau, Mr. Morneau, saying they're going to spend 4.5 billion dollars, and of course another six or seven billion dollars to complete the thing. Or um, your thoughts on on spending that kind of taxpayer money. And then your thoughts, let, let's have you lead off on uh, the tariffs on steel and aluminum. Oh, my goodness. Okay. I'm just going to say, like father, like son, Pierre Elliott Trudeau, remember, he took Petrofina, bought it out, made it Petro-Canada, was supposed to be the gas company for the Canadian taxpayer, and that didn't work out, did it? No. So... Here we go again. This nationalization of of uh, uh, of this work, I, I I have my doubts. And and I have listened to your show earlier, Roy, and a lot of the callers in are saying we need a leadership on this. And I don't think we saw the leadership that we needed, particularly with the hostile situation going on right now um, with NAFTA, and certainly now slapping these tariffs. Uh, on the EU, on Mexico, and on Canada for aluminum and uh, uh, for steel. Um, maybe we should grow some. Can I? I can't say that. On yes, that. you can. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. And we should start defending. And, and, and I mean, people might say, "Well, you're nationalizing." We are standing up for Canadians because we do own that oil in the ground. By the way, and we seem to get hosed at every corner. We don't refine it. The United States does. We send it down there, and then we get hosed at the gas pumps and overtaxed. Maybe it's time that the people stood up and said, no, we, we need these jobs. I believe we need that pipeline. Yeah. But we need fairness, fair trade, not free trade. Do you know, Catherine, you know, Catherine, I want my brother to be prime minister. Red. Red Your brother? Red. Oh, red, green. Oh, <laughs> that's right. If you can't be handsome, be handy. Yes, I love red, green. Uh, uh, well, this, yeah, this, what gets me about all of this business, first of all, massive waste of taxpayers' money that didn't have to happen, but this, this federal government has zero respect for taxpayers' money. We've seen that time and time again, so nothing new there, I guess. But I still can't figure out how this is going to make the protesters go away. It's not. This does not it's solve not. the problem. It's not. The problem wasn't that there wasn't money to pay for this stupid thing. Of course there was money. And lots of it, you know, private sector money that wouldn't cost the taxpayer a dime. And, and it, this does nothing. In fact, Horgan has doubled down. And I was listening to most of your show today, Roy, so great show, by the way. Uh, and I heard, I heard people talking about the fact, I think it was Scott Moe that was saying, Horgan's doubled down on this. Yep. He's saying, well, this makes me freer, 
freer to oppose the pipeline. So, you know, even if you hate what they're doing with taxpayers' dollars, which I do, but, and, or even if you love it, how does this solve the problem? It doesn't. It does it. not. It does. No. Hey, nobody say, what they're hoping is that because Mr. Trudeau is involved, that the protests will somehow magically disappear. Well, it, it worked yeah. well with NAFTA, eh? Worked great. <laughs> yeah, it worked great in China, too, didn't it? Yeah, it worked well. India, yeah. India was a big hit. India was great. Yeah. India was a fashion show. <laughs> Yeah. So well, so so now still, so now is it is it is it on Trump a hundred percent or is some of it on Trudeau? Well, I'd say some. I think some of it definitely is on Trump, but I think some of it's on Trudeau too. I, think I mean, they've known 50, this guy was unpredictable for ages. Sorry. And when it gets down to the the nitty gritty detail here, when Trudeau after the tariffs came on, he taught he, he revealed that he was going to go down and talk to Trump, which in in my view might have been absolutely something to avoid. But um, he said, oh, well, but they, made the, they, they required this five-year sunset clause. To my way of thinking, a five-year sunset clause wouldn't be a terrible thing. So I, I don't know who's directing the substance of this uh, in Ottawa, but I do think they wear some of it, yeah. Monsieur Gérald Butts. Yeah, yeah, well. You were going to say something, Michelle? Well, yeah, the sunset clause. Let's assume that Donald Trump gets reelected. Just assuming he'll be halfway through his second mandate. So how dangerous is a sunset clause at that point? It's something that could be addressed once Trump is out because they term out. And um, I I just thought, oh. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree, Michelle. Totally agree. Yeah. So I just, I thought it was a whole bunch of Something about nothing. Linda? Oh, well, I agree with both Catherine and Michelle on that. It's, it's ludicrous. And again, I go back to what your callers in are saying. We needed true leadership on this yep. issue. True leadership. Have some, never mind, have, grow some. <laughs> well, let's put it this way. Justin Trudeau has an ad on, uh, on Twitter where he's encouraging people to go to his writing of Papineau because that's where they're going to be holding uh, one of the tennis tournaments, one of the major pro tennis tournaments. And what you're referencing is what they hit a back and forth across the net. Who cares? Tennis balls. Who cares? Well, I, I thought, okay. Well, I think it was an epic fail week for Trudeau et al. and his team yeah. Yeah. because yeah. the pipeline mess, the, you know, the, the whole U.S. situation breaking down like this, it's not all their fault for sure, but a fair bit of it is. Okay, I need a I need a, a quick one word response from you on this. G seven success or failure for Canada, Catherine? The existence of it, right? No, no. The, the, what, how are we going to do in the G seven? Oh, I think it's going to be a disaster now that this tariff stuff's all happened. Okay, yeah. Linda. I, I agree with Catherine. I mean, come on, this is a sad state of affairs. So, okay. Michelle. Catastrophic. Catastrophic. <laughs> Okay, another good week coming up. <laughs> Thank you, beauties. Thank you. Thank you, Roy. I think we have, a, we have our lineup for next Saturday already. No kidding. Yeah, yeah. All right, talk to you next week. Okay. Bye-bye.